There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. I hope everybody is having a fantastic, fantastic Friday. All right, what, what do we got to talk about today? Oh my goodness, there is so much going on. There are so many things happening. Uh, whether it's China, Taiwan, Japan, Russia, Serbia, Kosovo, Eastern Europe, NATO, the UN, the United States, I mean... Open borders. Where, where where should we end? Where should we go? Well, you know, today I wanted to talk about a a topic that is more closer to home, other than what's happening in China and Taiwan. Because even as that unravels, um, we know what to expect. We know what to understand um, as these things are set into motion. But there's certain things happening here at home which are of concern. Uh, Joe Biden yesterday has declared monkeypox a public health emergency. Now, this this is interesting. See, monkeypox is not like a typical virus that is spread through the air. You can't just breathe it onto somebody. It, it's very much similar to a sexually transmitted disease, which it's exchanged through bodily fluids. With that being said, is how, how is this virus spreading so fast? It it's almost reminds me of back in the 1980s with AIDS. Of how fast it was spreading between homosexual males. Now, what's interesting is when we look at the statistics for monkeypox, 97% of every case out of the over 6,500 cases in the United States, 97% are in homosexual males. Well, <laughs> I don't know about you, but that uh, seems to be a defining factor there. That this is a new sexually transmitted disease. So why a public health emergency? And I, I was just listening to the, uh, the, the local news uh, that you guys play here. And uh, the news channel was talking about how the Rochester area has ran out of monkeypox vaccines, uh, two-stage vaccines. H has anybody told your health commissioner in Monroe County that vaccines don't stop disease? You know, they're like prophylactics. They help prevent it over time. But, but still... I, I believe that these monkeypox vaccines are most likely probably mRNA vaccines again. Um, and why are typical average normal people getting these vaccines? It, it makes no sense. It should be reserved primarily for probably people in the homosexual community, considering 97% of all cases are in homosexual males. And so if you're out there and you're one of those people who likes to go out there and get vaccinated and you're just a... Um, just a, a, a person who's straight, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. 
I wouldn't be in fear of monkeypox. Because this is what happens. We, we talk about social engineering, social conditioning. We talk about propaganda, disinformation. Utilizing fear as a tactic to get people to acquiesce to your will. And that's what we're seeing here. Monkeypox is being perpetuated on a global scale as this massive, oh my goodness, it's like COVID again. You need to get a vaccine. And people rush out there and they get their, their monkeypox vaccine. Well, guess what? About four months ago, medical professionals came out and said that if you were inoculated for the smallpox vaccine when you were younger, then you have an immunity to monkeypox. Go figure. Then, then you have the same effectiveness as the monkeypox vaccine. So I, I, I recommend that just not be in fear. Understand that right now in this world, we are being attacked with information warfare. That the information in the public domain orchestrated, strategically placed, is being utilized to manipulate you. Being utilized to produce emotional reactions within you so that your actions will influence the benefit of somebody else. And, you know, the interesting thing is that uh, they declare this right before an election. I mean, I, I mean, seriously, it's uh, how many years in a row have we had this um, election year? And all of a sudden there's a, oh, we got a resurgence of a virus. Oh, the cases are up. Oh, here we go again. Right now they're going to start to say, well, it's dangerous to, to go to the ballot boxes because all those conservatives are there videotaping you. So let's just do paper ballots all or mail in ballots all over again. You know, speaking of uh, ballots and fraud. And I'm not saying that uh, Carrie Lake cheated because I, I definitely don't think Carrie Lake cheated. Um, I, I know Carrie Lake definitely don't think she cheated. Um, absolutely not. But I think Carrie Lake was being cheated. Um, if you look at what was happening in Arizona during this time, on the night of the election, Carrie Lake was losing by 9% to Robson. She was losing Maricopa County. She was losing all counties. Oh, not lose. Sorry, she wasn't losing all county. She was losing Maricopa County, but she was losing overall by almost a whopping nine and a half percent. Now, Carrie Lake has been incredibly outspoken that the Arizona election, the 2020 presidential election, was stolen, where Donald Trump lost by less than 10,500 votes. And we've seen the evidence pour out of Maricopa County that actually helps to validate this point. And if you don't know the evidence that I'm talking about, I highly recommend that you stop taking other people's words for it and go check it yourself. Because it is damning evidence. Like the sheriff in Yuma County who reacted to the 2000 Mules documentary and went out there and actually took action and arrested people 
for this. So Carrie Lake, the night of the elections, cried foul. She said, this is being stolen. We're watching these numbers change in real time. And she's right. They were. See, most states have a good old boys club. And it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. It's that those parties wish to keep that power within their tight-knit community. A good friend of mine, Candace Taylor, who was running for governor in Georgia, this is exactly what happened to her. She got less votes than the people who volunteered for her campaign. These are people who went door-to-door for her, volunteered for her campaign, over 60,000 people. She got less votes than that. Then she did a survey of various counties with people signing affidavits saying that they voted for her. And in one county, they said that she received five votes. And she had hundreds of affidavits signed within one day. And this is a Republican candidate, by the way. And so this is a good old boys club. And Carrie Lake called them out. Now, Carrie Lake is incredibly well-connected in the state of Arizona. And I know this for a fact. And not only well-connected, But I remember talking to her in Phoenix and her saying that, don't worry, we have safeguards in place. And it is my belief, my understanding, that on the night of the primary election in Arizona, they had safeguards in place. That they were watching like hawks, they were recording. And that when Carrie Lake saw that she was losing by 9%, She made a phone call and she said, hey, um, looks like I'm losing by 9%. And uh, just an FYI, we have safeguards in place. We are watching everything. We have it all right now and we will release it. And, you know, interesting enough, two days later, she's declared the winner and she wins and she makes this massive comeback throughout the night. See, you have to play hardball. You have to play this hard politics. That's what Carrie Lake's doing in Arizona. That's what people need to do in New York State. You need to play this hardball because you have these good old boy clubs within our states that are not Democrat or Republican. They are power and greed based. They serve themselves and their power base. And part of that power base is the illusion of partisanship is the illusion that they they belong to some political party. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. Most of them don't care about babies. And I'm telling you this because when we look at the field of politicians running this fall, even the American first ones, You have to utilize a hypercritical analysis in your selection. Get to know these candidates. I've gotten to know multiple candidates over the last few years. Multiple, I I know congressmen, I know senators, I, I I know people out there who are currently in office. And one thing I'll tell you is it takes a very, very special person to be a politician. Firstly, most of them are narcissists. Secondly, most of them lack empathy. I'm not lying. And the candidates that do, that are honest, that that do have empathy, 
they most likely lose. We're going to talk about that and much, much more here in just a few minutes with more of the Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight show. <clears throat> and we're talking about politicians, just how sick and evil these people really are. <laughs> well, not all of them. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Not all of them. I've met, you know, I know Paul Gosar, Congressman Paul Gosar. And um, he is such a good human being. He, he is. He, he's, a, he's a really, really good human being. Um, I know some other politicians, state, local, and not so much. <laughs> um, they would uh, sell their babies just for power. And when we're out there picking these American First candidates, this is something that we need to look at. We need to look at the character of these people. We need to judge them and say, are these people truly going to represent me or are they Simply running for office for power, money, and control. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your your opinions on this. So if if you guys do want to give me a call today, I know we haven't done this in a while, but uh, go ahead and feel free to give me a call, 585-346-3000 or 866-552-1009. 
And in the meantime, if anybody does call, I'm going to talk about something else. Because politicians, they might lack empathy. They might be narcissists. But some of them are actually fighting for us, in a sense. I think that they pick the topics that they know can get a ruse out of others and get them on the news. And like Ted Cruz and uh, his grilling of FBI Director Ray yesterday. Now, Ted Cruz was talking about these leaked documents from Project Veritas. Now, if you haven't seen these leaked documents from Project Veritas, um, this should concern every American citizen. I don't care if you are on the left or the right. But uh, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, um, had some internal documents about Domestic Terrorism Symbols Guide, the Militia Violent Extremism, or MVE. And they talked about various different symbols and groups that utilize these, uh, these references to militia violence. Now, a few of these groups, or a few of these symbols, are the, uh, the Boogaloo, uh, the Punisher Skull. So if you have the Punisher Skull on your vehicle, you are, uh, you're a terrorist. You're a terrorist. The Second Amendment... That's right. I mean, so if you have any Second Amendment symbol, you're, you're a terrorist. Um, the electrical resistance symbol, the anarcho-capitalism symbol, the warrior culture, right? This is anything with Spartans or Valhalla. Molen Lobby, right? The black flag. By the way, I flew a black flag at my house for well over a year after the 2020 election. If you don't understand the black flag... The black flag was flown by the Confederates during the Civil War that represented no quarter. Um, no quarter and that enemy combatants, combatants will be killed on sight. And it basically says that, uh, hey, look, our country is infiltrated. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, another few symbols of these are the Gadsden flag. Revolutionary War imagery. The Tree of Liberty. The Betsy Ross flag. And as... Ted Cruz pointed out yesterday that Barack Obama and Joe Biden were both sworn in under the Betsy Ross flag. So does that make them domestic extremist militia terrorists? Uh, common phrases and references. When tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. That's, the, that, that's a quote by Thomas Jefferson. That, that is not the uh, quotes of violent extremism. We are everywhere. Expect us. I will not comply. All enemies, foreign and domestic. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. That's another Thomas Jefferson quote. His name was Duncan Lemp, a well-regulated militia. And they list uh, Ashley Babbitt from January 6th as a martyr. So symbols of of militia networks some MVEs may self-identify with. They put in there the three percenters, the Lightfoot Militia, the Oath Keepers. Um, I was one of the founding members of the Oath Keepers, and they definitely are not uh, violent militia extremists, although every group does have their bad bunch, and I have not been an active member since 2010. And then the one of the other groups is known as the American Contingency. 
It's mainstream militia nationwide, mostly online, low history of violence. Now, this is interesting. I'm on the American Contingency website right now. Um, And this came after last night a good friend of mine sent me a video from the founder of the American Contingency. Now, the founder of the American Contingency is a former Special Forces Green Beret Delta Force and CIA contractor. This guy is no joke. Former Delta Force. And he started the American Contingency in a response to BLM and Antifa. Not to fight them, but to go in there and help families and businesses after they've been affected by real terrorism here at home. Now, the American Contingency has zero, zero reports of violence ever. Zero charges of violence. But yet, in this FBI document, it says a low history of violence. Um, and he came out, Mike, uh, Mike Glover, former Delta Force Green Beret. He came out and put out this 15-minute video. And if you want this, uh, if you go to socialredpill.com, this is like our, our private little social network, really easy to sign up. Just sign up, and I'll post this video out there. It's called I Am Not a Terrorist. And he begins to call out the United States government. He begins to call out what's happening in this country. And he says it directly as it is. We are being overtaken by communists. They, they have full power and control right now. And so he's fighting this. But think about this. The FBI is naming his group a terrorist organization. A domestic terrorist organization. This is, these are not the people you want to mess with. You, you know, I once predicted a, a while back, I said, listen, what's going to happen here is these, these commies that are out there, they're going to anger the wrong group of people. They're going to go out there and they're going to anger some former special forces guys. Delta, SEAL Team 6, Force Recon, whatever it might be. And those people are going to get injured or someone they loved are going to get injured. And then they're going to push back. That's I, I don't know if you guys saw the new Chris Pratt um, show. I think it's on Netflix. But it was actually inspired by exactly that. And that's where Chris Pratt is a former special forces operator who basically goes back to take out the government because of his friends being killed um, overseas and then it being covered up. But uh, Mike Glover here is not messing around. And when you start labeling our heroes, our veterans, former special forces, this guy, was he worked with the FBI, he worked as a CIA contractor, still does and they're labeling him a terrorist. Now why? Why are the FBI having these internal documents like this where they talk about militia violent extremism? Well, if you remember, the Department of Homeland Security has something known as the National Terrorism Advisory System. It's designed to communicate information about terrorist threats by providing timely, detailed information to the American public. All Americans share uh, share responsibility for the nation's security. No, we don't. And should always be aware of heightened risk of terrorist attacks in the United States and what they should 
do. Now, they've had various different bulletins uh, put out. The, the last one was on June 7th, 2022. Um, there's a specific bulletin, which is interesting because you it's not listed on their front page anymore, because I'm literally on their page right now. And it's from, up oh, there it is, February 7th. It's from February 7th, 2022. And I want to read some of this information for you. And I want you to understand what your government is labeling. By the way, Mike Glover, when he talks about this, he says that when they tag groups, symbols, organizations like this, they do it for a very specific reason, because if you mention and tag it as a threat, now you can get funding to investigate. Now you can get funding to go out there and persecute them. And he's absolutely right. But I want you to listen to what the Department of Homeland Security is calling domestic terrorists. All right? So... The primary terrorism-related threat to the United States continues to stem from lone offenders or small cells of individuals who are motivated by a range of foreign or domestic grievances, often cultivated through consumption of certain online content. Online content. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what online content they're talking about specifically. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight Show. Again, those call-in numbers, if you want to give us a call, 585-346-3000. And if you just want to say hi, if you just want to say, hey, what's up, Josh? Feel free to give us a call. That toll-free number is 866-552-1009. And so I'm reading right now the Department of Homeland Security's National uh, Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin from February 7th, 2022. Because it's important for everything that we're seeing coming right now. And we have to look at who the government is targeting. you got to remember, this isn't new for our government. If you go out there and you Google these terms, Co-Intel Pro, Rex 84, Directive 51, Main Core, you'll start seeing some very interesting things that will shock you to your core about your government. But so I was talking about how the government views this terrorism-related threat that they're discussing. Now, I was talking about uh, individuals who are motivated by a range of foreign and domestic grievances often, often cultivated through the consumption of certain online content. Hmm, I wonder what online content they mean. The convergence of violent extremist ideologies, false or misleading narratives, and conspiracy theories have and will continue to contribute to a heightened threat of violence in the United States. So what types of factors are they talking about with this online content? Well, the key factors contributing to the current heightened threat environment, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord and undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. For example, there is a widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud, COVID-19, 
Russia-Ukraine propaganda, COVID vaccines, the 2020 election was stolen. See, here's the thing. Is the government believes that they are the bearer of truth and fact. And that anybody who disagrees with their version of truth and fact is a terrorist. That's basically what this just said. See, we the American people cannot contest an election. We, we realized that in 2020. That you have no right whatsoever to contest an election. We can't go out there and say, hey, listen, my candidate didn't win. I think something happened here. Ah, too bad. That, that's what happened in 2020. And it was millions of people who said, hey, I think uh, this election was stolen. Can you investigate? And every state and secretary of state came back and said, nah, we're good. Except for Texas and Louisiana. See, you can't question the government. And when you do, they label you a terrorist. How about that for the free world? How about that for the land of the free and the home of the brave? Is that what our forefathers fought for? Is that the country that we all dreamed of? Is that the country that massive amounts of immigrants come to each year? For opportunity. See, our government is becoming incredibly radicalized. Not only radicalized, is that the various administrations within our government are becoming weaponized against American people. I like guns. I'm a veteran. I think that the majority of conspiracy theories have truth. I am an investigative journalist. I I dig into things to their core and foundation to uncover as much information as possible so that I am equipped with as many facts before I make an assessment and decision upon what happened. Take September 11th, 9-11, 2001, for example. I joined the United States military on around September, I was thinking it was like September 9th or 8th is when I was at Depps in Buffalo. And then September 11th happened. I called up my recruiter and I'm like, what do we, what do we need to do? And he goes, ah, don't worry, sit tight. He brought me back in, and I changed my whole job in the military. I was going, uh, I was going into the nuclear field in the United States Navy, um, and I had taken my uh, my qualification test, my NFQT. I had gotten um, everything approved through the skipper there in Buffalo, and I was gonna go. And I was leaving in nine months, and I went in after September 11th and changed up everything so I could leave as soon as possible. And I believed it. I remember through boot camp, uh, what makes the grass grow? Terrorist blood, right? And this is the stuff that we talked about. And they they put on that uh, um, proud to be an American song every day when they would beat us with calisthenics. 
And we would all cry and sob and they would drain it, ingrain it into our minds that we were fighting an enemy and that we needed to kill that enemy. And that that enemy committed an atrocity against America. And then I find out very soon after that none of it was true. That 19 Saudi Arabian hijackers didn't have the technical skill set, acuity, that the technology itself of the planes could not take down two towers, let alone three towers. I saw the video footage of the Pentagon, and this wasn't released for years later. And by this time, I had gone through the United States Navy um, Advanced Weapons School. And I know what a missile looks like when it's fired. I know the velocity, the trajectory. I know how missiles fly over ground. I know how to differentiate between an aircraft flying over ground at a few hundred miles per hour and a missile at 1,200 miles per hour. And I saw the Pentagon footage. And I go, that's not a plane. Firstly, it's too small. Secondly, the, uh, the explosive radius of where it hits the south wall at the Pentagon, that's not a plane. That, that, that's a missile. Most likely a Hellfire missile or something of that nature. That was attached to a drone that penetrated the side of the Pentagon and didn't explode until it went inside. And, and typically with those missiles is they have an um, initial charge detonation that gets them into a facility or a building through brick walls, and then they'll explode when inside. And that's exactly what happened at the Pentagon. But then there's World Trade Center 7, WTC 7. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever heard of that one. The BBC reported that it uh, had collapsed three hours before it ever collapsed, and nobody even knew that the building existed. I was in Washington, D.C. I was working as a military police officer at the Washington Navy Yard. And uh, I was also involved with Oath Keepers and a few other organizations. And we were um, getting uh, some people together. And we were getting the FEMA photographer who was on ground on September September 10th, 2001. He was in Central Park and they were doing um, global exercises on terrorism as if someone... Uh, potentially ran a plane into the Empire State Building. This was a global exercise they were doing in New York City a day before. And he was a FEMA photographer. And he was supposed to show up, and what ended up happening to him on September 11th, he took some uh, very incriminating photographs of Ground Zero. Um, this was plane engines. This is the guy that took the picture of the, the passports. He also took pictures inside of World TC, uh, WTC7 of open safes of the, the CIA office inside there where the safe was basically busted open and stuff was stolen out of it. Um, of all the gold reserves under WTC7 that were completely empty, as in a robbery stole billions of dollars worth of gold, which they did. And um, soon after this, his daughter is murdered and they blame it on him because he wouldn't release those photographs to FEMA because he said this, this isn't right. And he ended up seeking asylum in Portugal. And we're trying to get him in the Washington DC to 
to go to the press club and do a uh, presentation. As well is we were trying to get a three-star general of the Air National Guard in D.C. who just happened to be the one man in control of all airspace over Washington, D.C. during that time. And uh, the day that the three-star general was coming into D.C. with his wife to go do this speech, the D.C. Metro train crash occurred. And nine people died, including him and his wife. Pretty sad and just coincidental, right? And uh, what's interesting is he had contested the official narrative. He said, why was Dick Cheney, the vice president, who has absolutely zero military authority, in the Pentagon getting orders? Why did Dick Cheney give stand-down orders to the Air National Guard? Not to shoot down the plane that took out the Pentagon. And uh, one of the pilots in the sky is a guy by the name of, well, he's now General Dan Kane, also known as Raising Kane. Donald Trump's been mentioning him a few times. And he's very, very outspoken on this topic as well. But this general died. And what was interesting is we got a bolo in the office that day, a be on the lookout. And the bolo, I have pictures of it somewhere. i got to find it. It said that be on the lookout for this man. He showed up at the Metro train crash. Before first responders, he was driving a Jeep Grand Cherokee with uh, emergency lights. He had a Defense Protective Agency badge around his neck, and he was skimming through the debris. When confronted by first responders, he immediately began to leave. They detained him, find out that his badge is fake. He has no credentials. And they take him into the police station. Then they said, a three-star general walked into the police station and demanded his release. They release him to the three-star general. And then they find out that the three-star general's credentials don't match up. And the guy wasn't a three-star general. So what do you get out of this? Is This was an intelligence community hit on the three-star general that died in the Metro train crash. They wanted him to be shut up. They wanted him silenced. And I witnessed this firsthand. But how can you prove it? How can you show the world this truth? But see, this is what they do. Is they corrupt our society and then they label us the terrorists. This country is full of lies. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. 
For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight show. And yeah, so I was finishing up there with uh, September 11th and kind of my experiences with it. Um, And... I'm telling you, when you start seeing architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, pilots for 9-11 Truth, um, you start hearing the various different stories surrounding it. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it makes more sense that the United States of America's deep state, the, the dark intelligence community, would do this against their own country to begin the perpetuation of the degradation of the United States Constitution. Things like the Patriot Act, for example. Oh my goodness, the Patriot Act. Things like Directive 51. (laughs) What are these things? Well, these things are certain powers that the government has reserved, in private, of course. Some with not uh, uh, congressional approval. To suspend habeas corpus, to suspend due process in the writ of law, to suspend Americans' rights and freedoms in the advent of their self-declared emergencies. And that brings us full circle, doesn't it? Monkeypox declared an emergency. Hmm. Um, China potentially going into Taiwan. That is a global emergency. And so there's incredible rhetoric out there 
within Washington, D.C. pertaining to these special powers reserved for the executive branch, which, by the way, none are granted to the executive branch through the United States Constitution. And the War Powers Act of the 1950s that grants the executive branch certain powers was never meant to be utilized in the sense of a natural disaster, cataclysm, or even militaristic attack, but instead to prevent uh, things like Pearl Harbor and World War II from happening again, and really only pertinent to those areas. But this is what's happening right now. Is that Joe Biden has certain presidential emergency action documents. He has certain powers granted to him through decree, through other presidents, as well as variations of that through law which is the Patriot Act, the Defense Authorization Act, to where in the advent of a natural disaster, a cataclysm, um, or a critical emergency to the United States that affects the economy, the people, the health, the well-being, these types of things, it doesn't even have to be centralized in the United States, that Joe Biden can go to the Department of Homeland Security, can go to the FBI and say, hey, Give me a list of all the people that will cause a problem if we declare martial law. Give me a list of all the people that we have been spying on, which is illegal, that are dissenters to my power and authority. Give me a list of all the people who are conspiracy theorists or who don't believe I won the election. And he can do this in the advent of of a national emergency. And they hand over the list and he goes, arrest these people. And with no due process, no phone call, you can be immediately silenced. Thrown in jail, Gitmo, military prison, whatever it might be. No court hearings, no interrogation, no investigation. Guilty and never proven innocent. Just locked away. Very similar to what happened to Japanese Americans during World War II. You now become an enemy combatant. And see, when I say rhetoric, what I mean by this is the FBI's documents, the Department of Homeland Security's documents, prove what I'm saying. That they are coming after patriotic Americans, God-fearing, gun-loving patriotic Americans who only want to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America from enemies foreign and domestic. That they are labeling us criminals, terrorists, guilty without due process. That if they are labeling us as such, they are listening and watching us. They already have tabs on us. And soon, they will come for us. Very, very soon, they will come for us. There is a quote out there I want to read to you. And this is one of the most important quotes I had ever heard. And this came from Pastor Martin Niemöller um, in Nazi Germany. And he said, first they came for the socialist. And I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. And they did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. And I did not speak out. 
because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. And see how they do this divide and conquer. See how they go in there, and they target one group at a time. And everybody else around through the propaganda and the disinformation cheer when that group's taken out. Yay! Think about the liberals right now. Oh, the, the Democrats, are, the politicians, the Democrat and law enforcement are all on your side. Antifa and BLM can go out there and burn down cities and nothing happens to them. But some of us go out there and peacefully get a bullhorn and say, our government's corrupt and we're arrested. Soon, they're going to come for the liberals too. They're already targeting you with bioweapons. Look at the uh, monkeypox here. Don't believe me? The nuclearthreatinitiative.org. Go check it out. They had a global exercise in 2021 with a terrorist bioweapon outbreak of a virus called monkeypox that the terrorist attack occurred on May 15th, 2022. Just three days actually after the legitimate real first case of monkeypox. And that it spread and it grew and the cases grew and it eventually became a national emergency. Oh my goodness. You can't make this stuff up. It's like they're playing from a playbook, right? It's like it's like they're reading from the playbook going, okay, next we're going to do this part. Next we're going to do this part. Probably why I understand exactly what they're going to do next. Guys, that's all my time for today. Oh, my goodness. That time flew by. Hey, we're going to be back with you uh, next week with more of the Dark Delight Show. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Be well out there. We'll see you next week. Good night.